Time Out with Manu Kakopian. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Time Out with Manu Kakopian. Today we are joined by George Basmajian, who is the founder of Lights Out Extreme Fighting, an MMA promotion here in Southern California, around for over a decade, recently rebranded with uh, the union of, of sh- former All-Pro NFL linebacker Sean Merriman. And George has been uh, around in the fight game for quite a few decades now and pretty much uh, born into it. And uh, he's uh, started Lights Out Extreme Fighting, which uh, I'm, I've am i been fortunate enough to be a part of as a, as a, broad, as a broadcaster. And um, it airs on Fox Sports and Fox Sports West channels. And George, uh, thanks a lot for taking the time and joining us to talk about the fight game. Uh, thank you, Manuk. It's uh, a pleasure to be on the show. No, absolutely, George. And, you know, um, it's. can you talk to us about how Lights Out started? Because, obviously, it it got rebranded uh, last year. But it was, it's been around, the organization as an MMA entity has been around for quite a while. Uh, t- can you talk to us about uh, how it came to be? Yeah. Um, well, Lights Out. Well, we're called Lights Out Extreme Fighting now, but we'll you know we'll get a little more into that once I get you know get further into the story. Uh, I I started a company called Lights Out Promotions, which basically uh, our first event was a, a Muay Thai event called you know Extreme Muay Thai Challenge because you know, I come from a, a Muay Thai background. I've trained in Muay Thai and I fought in Muay Thai, so you know like kind of you know seeing how the fighters are being treated and all of this. I'm like you know you know I like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try my hand in this, uh, you know, a promotion game. So, you know, I started the, our first promotion was in 2007. Uh, we did a show at the Hollywood Park Casino called, you know, the, you know Muay Thai Extreme Challenge. Uh, that just kind of like, you know, started from there. Did you know three or four uh, Muay Thai events, and then took a little break. And then uh, that's when uh, MMA was getting really hot. So uh, I decided to, you know, do a do an MMA event, uh, which pretty much I featured all the Armenians on the card. You know, like I think the first event we had uh, Roman Matichian, uh, you know, Sako Chavichian, Savak Magakian, Edmund Targaryen, who's you know renowned for being Ronda Rousey's head coach and Edmund Shabazian's head coach. He you know made his MMA debut on the card. And, you know, we've, we've promoted a lot, a lot of, you know, names that have actually gone on to the bigger events. But that's where, you know, I started doing that. But, you know, I was doing it in the ring, and I was doing a hybrid show. And the beginning was, you know, like I was doing boxing, Muay Thai, and MMA in a ring at the same night. No, so, I re- you know, yeah. No, I remember coming to those back in the day. You mentioned mm-hmm. Hollywood Park Casino. It was chaos at the casino. And it was, it was definitely yeah, a... A, a different vibe and you know you've kind of um evolved with that into lights out extreme fighting now i know you have a show coming up march 13 at the chaos casino uh talk to us a little bit about that show who's the who's the headliner on that one yeah so march 13th uh, it's friday the 13th uh, we're gonna do a show at the commerce casino it's the fifth installment of uh lxf so it will be lxf five 
uh, our headliner is our, you know, we're going to feature our heavyweight champion, Mike Quintero, who just won the title in his last outing. Uh, he's going to be taking on our former light heavyweight title challenger, Blake Bulletproof Troop. Yeah, and you know the, one of the one of the things about lights out extreme fighting that I personally love is that these fights are so evenly match made. It's uh, you have competitive fights, crowd pleasing fights. I'm you know a, a lot of them are seem to be made recipe for a quick knockout. So it's definitely entertaining in that standpoint. But you know you mentioned starting CXF and lights out promotions, and you know and then joining forces with. Sean Merriman last year, who obviously his nickname was Lights Out. How did that relationship and formation come to be for you guys to rebrand this and make it into uh, a new company? Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, before we even became CXF, we uh, we were doing. Uh, well, first of all, I was doing uh, going back. I was doing those uh, mixed, uh, you know, the hybrid shows with boxing, MMA, Muay Thai. I mean, that's where uh, I met uh, my partner, our other partner, me. It's, it's not just me and Sean. It's me, uh, Sean, and Stephen Bash, mm-hmm. who owns Bash Boxing. So, you know, Steve was like, hey, you're doing a boxing show with your Muay Thai. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, you know, could you put on this fighter? Could you, could you put on that fighter? Could you put on this fighter in the boxing end of it? And, you know, like Victor Postal, which, uh, who was a world champion, challenged, uh, you know, Terrence uh, Crawford for, uh, for, for the world title. He fought on my show twice. So, you know, like, so me and Steve were like, hey, this is kind of cool. And then uh, I was like, Steve, I really want to do a sh- just a all, you know, all MMA show in the cage. Uh, and we started doing, you know, three or four MMA shows, you know, call it like, you know, like Valley Fight Night and Hollywood Fight Night and this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, we've done eight or nine events. You know, it's, it would be cool to, you know, kind of introduce a belt to give, you know, to give, to make it, you know, championship fight. But I couldn't call it the Valley Fight Night Championship. So what we did was uh, about like 10 years uh, prior to that, uh, I had a very good friend. His name was Mike Rush. He had a company called CXF California Extreme Fighting. I, I helped him kind of grow the brand. And then he, he got kind of tired of promoting and everything. He had to spend more time with his family. So he kind of put CXF to bed and he's like, ah, I don't want to promote anymore. So when the time came, I'm like, I'm going to talk to Mike and see if he's okay with me bringing CXF back. I talked to Mike. He's like, oh, man, that'd be awesome. You know, just that'd be great. You know, if anybody, you know, was, is going to bring the CXF back, I'm glad it's you. So, you know, we started doing CXF. I think uh, we started CXF. We did 18 events. Uh, and then, you know, during our 17th show was when uh, Sean left me a voicemail out of the blue. And, you know, to me, I'm like, Oh, Sean Merriman called me. I was a big fan of Sean Merriman. I used to have season tickets to the Chargers when they were in San Diego. I used to go to every single game with my boys. So I'm like, I wonder what this is about. So we started talking. He's like, yeah, man, you know, like I've I've been doing some stuff with Bellator. You know, I'm really interested in, uh, you know, promoting and getting into this. I'm like, well, you know, we have a show this Saturday. Come out and check it out. So he came out to the show. Before the show, me, him, and Steve started talking. Uh, he sat down, he watched the, he watched the event. He's like, man, you guys do this all by yourselves? I'm like, yeah, it's me, Steve, and we have like five guys helping us out. He's like, wow. Like, you know, so we, you know, uh, we had further talks, uh, for another couple of weeks after that show. And we just decided that, Hey, you know what? Like, let's take this thing to the next level with Sean's connections and uh, him being 
a public figure is what we needed. So we decided that, you know, we'll, uh, we'll put CXF to sleep and uh, rebrand it as LXF, and that's how it started. Yeah, and uh, I remember you telling me you had Charger season tickets for a while. Did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine you'd be partnering with one of the greatest players that's played for them over the last 20 years? Honestly, I didn't. And again, you know, uh, he's, he, he, was a, he was an amazing player, great athlete. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be teaming up with him because he is also, he's got a good business mind as well. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who don't know, uh, where does Fo- where does um, Lights Out Extreme Fighting air across Fox? Uh, we're on Fox. Well, we're 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 on Fox Sports West, so that's pretty much all the West Side. You know, San Diego. I think we go all the way to Tijuana, parts of Mexico, uh, uh, you know, all of Southern California, basically. And then uh, you know, there's some there's events where you know, like we've been picked up by uh, Fox Sports Southwest. Which is uh, you know Ohio, all of Texas. I've been getting calls from you know Hawaii saying, "Hey, we just saw lights out extreme fighting. We want to fight for him." Like, oh, I didn't know we were there. No, that's impressive. I mean, um, with that said, I mean it's also a staple in the Southern California community by giving uh, fighters a platform to shine. And I know one of uh, the uh, success story that you're personally proud of as an Armenian is kind of guiding the career of Edmund Shabazian from the get-go. Talk to me about how important that has been to you as far as what the mission of uh, your promotion is all about, too. Well, I mean, anybody that knows me and Steve and now Sean, you know, for the past 10, 15 years, everybody that's fought on my show has, you know, everybody knows that I am a fighter-first promoter. Uh, I try to go out of my way to, you know, to do every single thing I could do to make sure that the fighters are all, you know, safe and they get compensated as much as I'm able to compensate them. You know, before every show, you know, I, I try to stop by a church and, you know, just, you know, to say a little prayer that everybody that goes into our cage, you know, walks out, walks out of there safely. That's, that's the most important thing for me. So, you know, it's, it's like, to me, you know, like and for CXF, it was more of, all right, you know, let's, you know, let's give these guys a platform to perform. Let's take them to the next level. And then, you know, the UFC or Bellator will pick them up and I'll be proud of them being on a bigger stage. You know, we've, we've taken a lot of guys, we've built a lot of guys and, you know, they're, they're in the UFC, they're, they've gone to Bellator. They've, you know, they've, we've pretty much uh, been that, you know, been that uh, stage for them to showcase and go on to the next show you know, like Edmund Shabazian is one of the kids. I've actually known that kid since uh, he was eight or nine when he walked into the Glendale Fighting Club as a little, you know, blonde little kid in a karate uniform. And, you know, like him and his brother kept working and working and working, staying, you know, as, you know I said, hey, sensei, hey, coach, can I stay a little extra? Can I do the next class? So, you know, to see him grow up and, you know, to grow into what he has, it's it's absolutely a pleasure. And I'm so, so proud of that kid, you know. You know, he's fought pretty much his entire career before the UFC for CXF. And, you know, he went 7-0 with us with seven stoppages. And, you know, that, and I knew he was ready right when, uh, you know, when the UFC called him for that contender. I'm like, you know, like, you're ready. You know, go ahead. Take the next step. You know, as an Armenian man, I'm sure you're proud that uh, one of your own also was uh, one that got the opportunity and, and the shine. But, you know, you mentioned... 
it being a breeding ground for the UFC and Bellator and other major promotions, um, who are some of the other fighters that have kind of come out of Lights Out and CXF and transitioned into bigger and better opportunities? Uh, I mean, we've had multiple guys uh, that have you know fought for us and go on to you know like uh, Curtis Melendez, who's now signed with uh, Bellator, was with the UFC. Uh, Albert Morales was with us. Uh, he you know he went to the UFC. Now he's back. Um, carry on where uh, I'm, I'm just drawing blanks right now. But there have been many many fighters that have you know gone through our system and into the UFC. But that was you know again after basically after. I'm gonna say this like that was with CXF with LXF. Our our main uh, our main objective now is to basically uh, be able to take care of these fighters in the next next year or so to be able to give them contracts and not let them go and you know build up our own uh, brand of uh, our our own stable of fighters. Uh, what's one way that you're trying to grow the brand and the company? I, I know it's still in its nascent stage, one year in, five shows uh, under a new brand, a new billing. Uh, what do you think is going to be those steps you need to take in order for for you to reach that goal that you have? It, uh, you know, it, it's going to take a little bit of time. Like I said, you know, when the UFC started, when Bellator started, you know, there are you know millions and millions and millions of dollars into the hole. You know we finished our first year and you know our heads above water. We didn't lose any money, so you know we just we just got to keep on doing events and getting people to you know notice us and you know uh, you know eventually bigger networks and bigger sponsors will come and you know they'll, they'll you know we'll get that financial backing to to be able to sign our own fighters. But it's it just it's just going to take a little bit of time. And the, you know, the good thing is. Uh, myself, Steve, and Sean, you know, we, we're all on the same page. As, you know, we don't want to rush this thing. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to dump a bunch of money into it and then fail. You know, like it's, it's, it's going to take time. It's going to grow organically, and I think we're going to be very successful. And, you know, I've seen the fights in person. It's, it's such a pleasure to watch it. But for anyone who has not seen a Lights Out Extreme Fighting event or one of its fights, how do you describe it to someone who hasn't been to one of your shows before? Uh, it's on the sea. I mean, you, you've got you know, if you go to a bigger event, you know, with you know, ten to fifteen thousand people, and then you come to one of our events that has fifteen hundred to two thousand people, you're so close to the action that you know, like, I, I don't think there's ever been a, a, a person that purchased a ticket that has been dissatisfied. Yeah, it's um, it's you know, intimate arenas. You know, I know Commerce Casino has been. Um, in play, the Burbank Marriott Convention Center is another location you guys go to. I know there's uh, conversations about perhaps going into different markets as well, too. But um, for, for, strictly from a Southern California standpoint, I know there's so many Armenians here who are also MMA fighters. You seem to have a lot of them that have fought on your show throughout the years uh what's in the what's in the dna that produces so many armenian mma fighters and even boxers well you know i mean you know, if people know our history they they would know that we're we're a fighting uh fighting nation we've been fighting since you know since back when i i can't even remember you know We've been through so much, and we've just kept on fighting and fighting. I think just you know the fighting is in the Armenian DNA. We don't have quit. We're we're a very uh, proud nation, and I think our pride is what you know what makes keeps us fighting. We don't you know there's no backing down for us. 
there's you know there's always that you know we have machismo we have you know we have egos and everybody's just trying to you know prove that you know they they belong and i think we're gonna you know now that we have edmund and in the ufc i think you know he's he's a younger kid that you know like other kids and that are doing karate or this and that you know parents are parents before thought it was just you know just take the kids to a karate class get an hour break let them run around take some energy off so they don't you know they don't break everything in the house now with edmund they're saying hey you know it's like this could be a career because you know this kid is a star now and he's going to be making good money so maybe my my child could do this you know before it was like all right take him to karate he's back all right you know he's getting too violent let's take him out let's put him in piano let's take him out let's put him into you know just something else but now it's like you know with him you know like there's so much backing with him the younger crowd is getting behind him all the grandmas and grandpas are watching him fight you know younger kids older kids ladies women girls so i think we're going to be uh we're going to be producing uh, way many more uh, stars in the in you know in mma i mean edmund is just one you know we got armin uh Tarukian, who fights out of Russia, he's Armenian. You know, Kat, uh, Kathleen Chichukian, you know, she's fighting for the UFC title. So, you know, we just need uh, our Armenians to get behind us and support us. And I think we could produce way many more stars. No, and you know, Caitlin Chugakian and Edmund Shabazian obviously are two of the big names in the UFC right now. I actually had the pleasure of bringing them onto my show um, for previous uh, installments. But I know there's one up-and-coming fighter that uh, you specifically have an eye on. He was re- recently in the LXF cage. He goes by the na- name of Jacob Basmajin, and he's, you know, the two-year-old kid. Uh, I saw him recently in the cage, and he was creating a storm in there. What's what's his future looking like? Uh, his, well, he just started uh, preschool, so let's see if uh, he's going to last in there. He's already, uh, he was already causing some uh, trouble in there, but, you know, he's... I was actually, uh, I posted a picture of him and, you know, out of nowhere, uh, my good friend and, you know, like a guy that, you know, I've, I've had a lot to do with his career as well, Sevak Magakian, who's fought at the, you know, he was in the Ultimate Fighter show. He had never like, hey, my kid goes into that. Uh, my, my, you know, my boy, my boy is in that class. I'm like, oh, all right, well, I'll tell Jacob to look for possible opponents for him. So, you know, like, I, I think, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, if he wants to be a fighter or a trainer or whatever, I'm going to support him, but you know, it would be cool for you know for him to take over lights out and become a promoter in the future. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't catch that from the beginning, Jacob is George's son, and you know, George, you come from a, a fighting family, and you are a fighter yourself. And um, you know, I, I want to talk about where this passion started. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk about you the fighter and how it led to you becoming a fighter turned businessman at the same time so we'll be right back you're listening to time out with manu kakopian and welcome back everyone to time out with manu kakopian Today we are joined by George Basmajian, who is the founder of Lights Out Extreme Fighting, uh, an MMA promotion here in Southern California that airs across Fox Sports West, Fox Sports Prime Ticket. 
And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I'm fortunate enough to be one of the broadcasters for the show. And in addition to knowing George for over 10 years as a friend and a businessman, I, George actually was a fighter himself, too. And, you know, that's something that you had a passion for early on in your life. And there came a point where you ventured off. But talk to me about your fighting days. What was that like? And I know you were overseas and everything, so please tell us about it. Oh, I mean, my fighting career wasn't very long, but it was it was exciting. I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, it was it was an adventure. More, you know, I did it because I just wanted to do it. You know, like I was young. Uh, I think I was 17 years old. I was working. Uh, I had a very good friend. It was, you know, three, it was basically the three of us. And uh, he passed away. Uh, our other friend got married. So I was like, well, what am I going to do now? So I started taking judo at uh, Go Course High Aston Academy. For a little bit, I think for a year, uh, and I was judo and grappling were cool, but I was I always you know, like the striking aspect of it. So I started taking some Muay Thai classes. Uh, uh, I think the guy I was training with was also a musician, so he his band got all famous and he took off to Europe. I'm like, well, where am I going to now? Uh, I was in Glendale. Uh, I, I was passing by a plaza. I saw uh, Edmund's uh, gym. It was a tiny little thousand square foot you know, hole in a wall. You couldn't even see. So I walked in. I'm like, hey. I'm like, you know, I, I, Edmund's sitting there teaching karate. I'm like, do you guys do Muay Thai? He's like, yeah, of course we do. You know, they weren't doing Muay Thai. It was more of the European style, but Edmund at that time, I think since the age of like 15, he was competing Japan here, there. I'm like, I want to sign up. So I went, paid my dues, 100 bucks a month, and I started taking Muay Thai slash kickboxing uh, classes. Uh, I think I trained there for like maybe six or seven months, and I was really into it. You know, I was you know, staying extra, going earlier. I really, really enjoyed uh, Muay Thai. I watched Bloodsport. Uh, Paulo Tocha was in it. Uh, he, he fought Van Damme in the quarterfinals or something. I was like, man, Muay Thai is cool. So, you know, I mean, Edmund taught me as much as he can, but I think his background wasn't Muay Thai. It was more of, you know, karate. And uh, I think like six or seven months at the train, he's like, do you want to fight? I'm like, I, I barely know how to throw a normal punch. It's like, it's cool. You'll learn. It's fine. It's just a smoker fight. It's it's in a gym. You know, it's not sanctioned or anything. You know, a bunch of guys from different gyms come and, it's like glorified sparring. I'm like, okay, fine. So I went in uh, at uh, Crew Rex's gym. You know, God rest his soul, he just passed away. Uh, uh, there was 28 fights that day. That was the last fight. So my first ever fight, uh, competition fight, I fought at 1.30 a.m. in the morning. I took three naps before I even fought. But you know, it was it was fun. I loved it. And then Edmund was like, "Yeah, there's another one next week. There's another one next week." I'm like, "Okay, I mean, shoot, uh, let's just go do all of them." Uh, I think you know, I did that for about six or seven months. Did maybe eight or nine smoker fights. Uh, I had a big crowd. I had a lot of friends, family that came to support me, and a local 
promoter that did the sanction fights. He's like, hey, do you want to fight on a sanction show? I'm like, what is a sanction show? He's like, well, there's referees, real referees, real judges. I'm like, sure. So I talked to him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, do it. You know, it's the next step. And, you know, these fights are without headgear, without shin pads, you know, with smaller gloves. I'm like, okay. <clears throat> I started doing that. I won a couple of fights. You know, I closed my eyes and swing wildly, you know, hoping I would connect. The first couple of fights, then you know, I got more technical and I got better, and then my opponents got much better. I ended up fighting this Vietnamese guy who literally just stood there and kicked the daylights out of my legs, and didn't matter if I blocked, didn't block, he's just hurting me. So, you know, long story short, he did a lot of damage to my uh, legs. That was the first fight I lost in like 10 fights. And I told Edmund, I'm like, bro, like, you know, training here is cool, but I want to go to Thailand, I want to, you know, learn how to really do Muay Thai the the promoter is like yeah I know this camp you know they all the foreigners go there it's really cool by the beach I'm like cool so he sent me a sit ya tongue at the time I was working at Universal Pictures so I asked Universal if they would give me two weeks off of work uh, to go to Thailand they said no you're crazy there's a lot of work I'm like okay I think this was a Friday uh, so I packed up my stuff Saturday went and got a plane ticket and flew to Thailand and I got fired from Universal so that's that. Uh, I went there, stayed there for a month, trained, you know, learned a lot. You know, my conditioning got way better. Uh, just, you know, like the training and you know, staying with the fighters, living at their dorms is basically a different different experience. I came back, I fought that same uh, Vietnamese guy, beat the daylights out of him, you know, and that's pretty much it. You know, I had like maybe six or seven more fights. Uh, the last fight I fought, I actually had a hairline fracture on my shin and was for a title. I'm like, I'm just going to fight anyways. And my opponent came in and started kicking my leg. Did more damage, I lost. And I'm like, you know what? This is getting too painful. I'm not getting paid too much. I'm already, you know, 22, 23. I'm like, people retire at this age. So I just stopped. Uh, I was helping them, you know, help training other kids and other fighters in the gym. <clears throat> but when I was in Thailand, I met... Uh, I met a boxing world champion that I'd never heard of, and I was a big boxing buff, and I didn't even know him. And I found out that, you know, like, he's he's the WBA super featherweight champion, and, you know, the guy, literally nobody knows him. I started talking to him, and his wife was Russian, so I started talking to her. She's like, yeah, you know, like, he they only let him fight in Thailand and Japan and, you know, Korea, where they control everything he does, and... I'm like, does he make money? They're like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe five or 10,000 to fight. I'm like, are you serious? He's a world champion and he makes five. You know, so that's where, you know, the businessman uh, part of me kicked in. I came back here. I started calling around. My good friend, Art Simonian, was, uh, uh, you know, uh, a ranked fighter. His promoter was uh, Banner Promotions. I called Artie. I'm like, hey, I got this guy. I think I could possibly bring him here. He's like, well, if you can, great. So, uh, long story short, I talked to both sides uh, about, two, you know, two to three months. I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I got Yeltsinan <clears throat> Sardinan Pichai, who was a uh, Yeltsin fighter and the world champion. I made him uh, sign a contract with Better Promotions. When five months later, he was fighting on Showtime as the co-main event of Asselino Freitas and Diego Corrales. He fought on Showtime. He won the fight. He made a lot of money. And that's when I started getting into managing fighters. And after managing fighters, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do some 
uh, promotions. And that's where my fighting career brought me into the business part of MMA and uh, combat sports. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the fighter turned businessman story of George Lespagian, the founder of Lights Out Extreme Fighting. And George, in addition to being a manage, uh, being a, a fighter and a businessman, you you wear all hats in, in the fight game. I've seen you many times where you're you're cornering fighters like Vic Darchinian, and you're in the you're in the locker room holding mitts. And holding a bucket uh, to take us through all, all the other th- stuff you've done in, in the fight game and w- how that relationship with Vic Darchinian evolved throughout the years where you were essentially traveling all over the world with him. Uh, I mean, like I said, when I stopped fighting, I started, uh, you know, I, I had the passion. I still wanted to be around fights, around, you know, around the gym. So I started helping Edmund uh, at the Glendale Fighting Club to, you know, to train other fighters and you know, we, we, you know, Art is fighting here. We're going back and forth with him. Then, you know, uh, we're pretty much like as far as, you know, like boxing and striking goes, we were, we were at a gym everybody kind of knew. So then uh, we had a uh, one of the parents of the kids at the gym said, hey, I have this nephew who's uh, who's a boxer who's, you know, he's you know stuck in this contract with Don King and he can't get out. So we're like, who is he? He's like, his name is Arto Vanissian. So me and Edmund were like, yeah, we'll manage and coach him. So we, we told Art, go to the, you know, to, to take the take the bus to the nearest uh, airport. And he was staying in Ohio and Don King's little ranch. Uh, take a, take a, we bought his uh, airfare and he flew down here. And Art was our first first fighter we managed and uh, promoted. We got him to 13 and all. He made numerous appearances on Showtime and Showbox. You know, but he was those are very very strong, hard-punching uh, fighter. And then from that point on, we got Gabriel Tomajian and uh, many, many more. And, you know, like, uh, as, uh, as you could see, you know, when we're coaching, it was, it was, it was basically, it was Edmund and me in the corner. You know, I worked all the cuts. I don't know how that came about, but uh, Edmund was fighting in a, for the WBC international title. I was his chief second. The first round, his opponent, uh, Edmund threw a right hand, his opponent threw an elbow, and they split Edmund's eye wide open. I'm standing there, I'm like, well, that's not good. And I, I've never, you know, stopped a cut in my life. So I had a bunch of Vaseline, I had, you know, some gauze and, you know, uh, the Q6, and I had a little adrenaline. I worked on the cut. I was like, wow, I did a great job. And then, you know, you could hear uh, the comments, like, damn, you know, whoever's working the cut in Tarbrigan's corner is a really good cut, man. I'm like, that's me. So, you know, I started working cuts. Uh, actually, as a cut man, I worked uh, Demetrius Andrade, who's uh, who's an undefeated world champion right now in boxing. I was his first ever cut man in his first pro fight. They actually uh, uh, flew me to different places to work cuts for him, you know, to Vegas. I, I think I worked, I worked his corner maybe six or seven times. Uh, I flew to Mexico with uh, Jason Lujulier when he was fighting Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I worked his corner. Just that, you know, I just basically, uh, I kind of got the job by default because nobody else was there that day, and I became a cup man. Then when uh, Vic came down here, uh, Edna started training him, and it was only natural that, you know, I always uh, I also work his corner. And that's when, you know, uh, I basically you know, flew to Macau and Texas and Mexico and all over the world with Vic. And now he's, uh, he's a good friend of mine. I, I actually helped manage him a little bit. 
But, you know, me and Vic go uh, back way further than that, you know, before he even came to the States. Uh, I was at the WBC convention in uh, Cancun when I thought I was the only one there, only Armenian there. And then I hear somebody, you know, an Armenian, broken Armenian, Australian uh, accent. I'm like, holy shoot, that's Vic Darchinian. And, you know, we we hung out there. We became friends over there. That's way before he even actually got to the United States when everybody else started to notice who Vic Darchinian was. Wow, so you're, it turns out you're the Armenian stitched Iran as well, too, uh, with uh, all the work you've done in the corner. It's, uh, yeah, uh, I'm a, you know, not stitch. Maybe I call myself Staples. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to <laughs> stitch his name. Yeah, st- st- Stitch is obviously by far the best cut man in the game yeah. and every every fighter wants to have him in his corner but you know you've you, you've also been on the big stage in, in many capacities as well too i know uh, i remember one time you were uh, promoting a fight with don king oh, what was uh, what was that like oh, working with uh, uh not only a legend but someone who can be so polarizing at the same time uh well again uh that that all happened it kind of fell on my lap uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, I, I am a very uh, fighter-first promoter, so I always take care of all the fighters. And then, you know, when some opportunity comes by, like I got a call from uh, Otis uh, Otis Griffin, uh, who was a former light heavyweight fighter. He fought on that. I think Oscar Delo had a, had a reality show where he won the uh, reality show. So basically, the IBF was holding a number one contendership, uh, Don King had the champion Tavoris Cloud, and they were going to decide who is going to challenge him. So Otis called me. He's like, hey, I know you got a boxing show. I'm like, yeah, it's in three weeks. He's like, man, I have an opportunity. I'm like, what? He's like, I, I, I only trust you to do this. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I'm number seven. <clears throat> Yusuf Mack is number six. If we fight each other, there's nobody else ahead of us. We become the number one contender to challenge Tavoris for the world title. I'm like, oh. So I call Steve. I'm like, hey, do we have any room on this card? He's like, no, man, we have like 13 fights. I'm like, well, make some room. He's like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, we're going to put together this fight. It's going to cost us you know, X amount of dollars. We're going to pay this guy this much, that guy that much. We're going to sign both of them to a promotional deal with us, and we're going to represent the, the the winner in a world title fight uh, on, a, on a dunking promotion. He's like, okay, so we move stuff around. We made this fight happen. Uh, Yusuf won by split decision, and, you know, we became the number one contender for uh, Tavoris Cloud, who was promoted by Don King. So then we had to go into negotiations with Don King, purse bid, this, that. You know, that, that's how we, that's that's how that happened. Yeah, what was it like working with Don King? Obviously a legend in the in the boxing game, uh, uh, promoted Mike Tyson, of course, among many others. That was, that was my second uh, time working with Don King. The first time... I didn't really do much as far as, you know, I, I went into his office once when, uh, uh, remember I told you I had the Thai boxer who was the world champion and uh, Don King at the time, he had the number one contender, Vicente Muscara. So we had to, you know, we had to deal with Don King then where, you know, like we had the champion, he had the challenger and but I didn't really do any negotiations then because uh, Artie Palulo, who was our promoter, was doing all the talking. So but dealing with uh, dealing with the second situation where we had to deal with them personally, honestly, you know, Don's got a really, you know, I guess, you know, so maybe 5% of the boxing community love him and then the 95 hate him. I didn't have any problems with him. Everything went very, very smoothly. 
Steve is a very good negotiator, so Steve did a lot of the talking, and you know, Dom promised us, you know, basically he promised us X amount of dollars, and he came through with that same exact thing, and he said there will be a, you know, if there is going to be a bonus, hey, there was a bonus, and we didn't have to sign a contract. What he said, we shook on it, and was a man of his word. So that's my experience with Dunking. Yeah, and uh, here you are now, George Basmajan here, ladies and gentlemen, with Lights Out Extreme Fighting, trying to become the Armenian Don King from a promotional standpoint in the fight game. Um, what is your um, what is your goals and and, and long term plans moving forward? Um, and again, remind us again, how old are you? Because you're you're not too old either. I turned forty last August. I don't look it. I'm happy that people don't think I look forty. But uh, my, you know, my ultimate goal is I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very reserved. I don't like to be in front of the camera. I don't like doing, you know, I don't like taking pictures because as a promoter, you know, like the word is promoter. You're supposed to promote the event and the fighters. And I'm not about promoting myself. Although, you know, a lot of my friends and family are like, hey, why don't you, you know, take more pictures? Why don't you, you know, do this, do that, put your name out there. So I go, I'm, I'm the promoter. I'm supposed to promote these guys. I don't, you know, I'm not the one who's fighting. So. You know, I, I I don't like attention. I'm buried to myself. I, I enjoy spending time with, you know, my, my family and my friends. I, I, I very rarely go to any other events. <clears throat> but, you know, my ultimate goal is to become the best promoter possible to give, basically to give these fighters a stage and to give them all the opportunity that, you know, I noticed and I saw that they didn't, you know, it wasn't available 10, 15 years ago. So, to take this show to the next level, uh, to, to you know, make LXF a, a household name is going to take a little bit of work, but I think we're going to be very successful. LXF is going to become a household name. We're going to be on major networks, and we're going to put on some great events uh, in the years to come. Yeah, and uh, I know you have the show coming up on March 13th. Can you uh, tell us where uh, that'll be, <clears throat> where fans can get tickets, where they could watch? Yeah, our next show is um, uh, again March uh, Friday, March thirteenth at the Commerce Casino. Uh, tickets will be available on Friday this this Friday uh, on LightsOutXF.com, uh, and they will also be sold. If we're not sold out, there might be some tickets available at the door. Uh, we have a great great fight card. We have, uh, like I said, like I mentioned, we have the LXF heavyweight title fight between Mike Quintero and uh, Blake Troop. Uh, we have a we have many of our means fighting uh, young rising star right now, uh, Melsik Bagdasarian, who's a superstar in kickboxing. He's you know he's won multiple world titles. He's going to be making his sixth uh, professional MMA bout. I mean, Melsik is one of the guys that is going to blow out and be the, one of the biggest stars, and not just in Armenian MMA, but in all of mixed martial arts worldwide. He's you know he's got the look. He's he's a great fighter. He works very hard. He's dedicated. And, you know, just I, I'm telling everybody, watch out for this guy. Another guy that's fighting on our card <clears throat> is a uh, cross-sport athlete, uh, is David Roberts, who is one of our Armenian brothers as well. He's going to be fighting on the card. He's uh, 4-0 and with four stoppages. He's actually he's very new to the MMA game. He's a professional um, race car driver. He's, a, he's won many, many world championships. He's, he's uh, raced all over the world. And then, you know, one day he decided, like, I also want to be a fighter. I'm like, Dave, you are crazy. He's like, yeah, but I want to be a fighter. And, you know, like, 
within the past year and a half of seeing this brawling, <clears throat> crazy guy that just wanted to like knock everybody out to see how his game has become so complete, his ground game, his boxing, everything is just kind of molding. I mean, I didn't think it was possible for him to become so good so quick. Yeah, and uh, that's for Dave Robertson. Of course, looking forward to calling his fight. And during Melsic Bogdas uh, Melsic's last fight, you know, he scored the fastest stoppage in LXF history at seven seconds. So, um, when you say he's a rising star, I definitely can second that. And you know, you're you're also known for putting together. Armenian specific and Armenian first cards. I know you've done that before around the time of the Armenian <laughs> genocide in previous years. And I don't know what kind of tricks you have up your sleeve this year, but uh, it, it's great when you, when you really highlight the local and inter- international talent that is coming from the Armenian community. I know there's a lot of great MMA fighters. I mean, we didn't even get to like Gerard Musasi and some of the other people in the sport who've created the legacy for for today's generation to pick off and and take off from. So, you know, it's a commendable job for for putting a platform for these fighters to really showcase their talent and looking forward to the next installments. The the first five uh, flew by so quickly. Uh, I'm pretty sure um, the next five will do so as well, too. And uh, looking forward to March 13 at the Commerce Casino, George. And uh, good luck to you, Sean Merriman and Steve Bash, with um, on the business side because it's it's really, really a good product and something that MMA fans uh, who haven't seen I'm sure will love. I appreciate you having me, Manuk. Thank you very much, George.